get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Alex is in the most magical place on earth. He'll be back next week. We are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend and the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, who gets a few days of much deserved off time. Curbs, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Doing good, Brandon. How are you? Uh, doing well. The Blues going into the break, not the way that any of us would like with the five-game losing streak. Seven out of their last nine have been on the wrong side of things. Uh, Curbs, have you seen anything in terms of like a, a trend that has taken place, especially over these last nine games or so, that uh, led to them going into the break with the five-game losing streak? Uh, well, I, I think this part of this losing streak well, one, this team has been streaky all season long, as we know, but part of this losing streak appears to really be the direct result of the amount of talent that's out of the lineup. And, yes, Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, returned, and Tori Krug, I thought, had a very good uh, return to the lineup. The five games without a point with Tarasenko since he got in that lineup, um, uh, at least four without a point. I don't remember if he picked up an assist. I don't think he did on that in that last game. Uh, and then... You know, without O'Reilly and Butch Navich, and it's it's really hard to win in this in the National Hockey League when, for a good chunk of change, three of your top six are on the shelf. So, I think that's a big reason for it. Now, having said that, the thing that is costing the team is the same mistakes that have been you know going all year long, and and they just haven't figured out how to avoid them. And so, uh, some of it is current related in terms of personnel, and then some of it is just the 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 needed game shift in shift out hasn't been there curbs when you look at specifically the way that things have gone over the last few i i looked at the, looked into this um the other day what the trend has been in their losses and in their last 20 losses curbs they've only had one where they did not give up at least four goals that was the game against the Colorado Avalanche in mid-November where they lost three to two in overtime every single other loss in their last 20 uh, was at least four goals that was allowed. What's going on with their goal suppression this year? Is there anything specifically that you could put put your finger on that's been a consistent problem for them in that regard? Well, and I think you could actually take that stat and really just expand it to the whole season, and you've had 25 regulation losses. And I believe, I don't have my scorebook from this nugget right in front of me, but the, some of the prep I did for that last game, I, I, I believe, I think it's, 20, uh, 22 out of those 25, 21 or 22 out of those 25, you've allowed four or more goals. Okay, so to your point, what 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 is the reason for that? 
the the team defense just hasn't been there, whether it be defensemen ending up out of position because they're trying to uh, cover too much, whether it be forwards not coming back, the timeliness and the location of turnovers, which still reared its head in a big way in Winnipeg in that last game. If you think of the the, the, the turnover by Falk, you know, trying to clear the zone, uh, th- those, are, those are the kind of things. And, and there was another play, Brandon, that, that – represents this as well. Colton Pareko circled the net with the puck, and he came out the left side with it. Winnipeg did a good job of reading it, and they kind of cut his path off. There was nobody for Colton to pass the puck to. Two forwards on that side of the ice were on the offensive half of the red line. So when the clearing attempt either goes down and, and, and ends up being an icing call, or in this case it was blocked before it got to the other blue line, Someone's going to look at the defenseman and say, well, you got to make a better play than that. Okay, the only thing that maybe Colton tries to do is skate around the guy that was cutting him off. But the forwards are a zone and a half away from him and, and not close enough and tight enough to give him a real good outlet there. And as a result, Winnipeg comes back, they put pressure on to keep momentum in your zone. So to me, that's, that's the difference in why you're seeing so many pucks go in the back of the net is because you haven't had clean enough play and offensive zone play to keep the puck on the other end of the ice long enough, or the turnovers have been have been bad enough that, that the other team has great scoring chances. So how does that get fixed, Curbs? Like, whether it's short or long-term, right? Because I, I've kind of, I, I don't know if you've done the same, but I've shifted my focus more into the long-term view of this club than the short-term, especially with us having only 10 games remaining prior to the NHL's trade deadline right now. They're eighth overall and in terms of the draft pick standings so i've shifted more towards the long-term view of things but you can take it in either direction how does that kind of a problem get fixed especially when you have your top four defensemen at a minimum that are are signed long term right now well i'm I'm with you to be honest with you because i think it'll take a nine and one eight and two type run to maybe even just pull yourself back into the picture where you're comfortable think you might have a chance so I just don't see Doug Armstrong changing course too much in that stretch. So I expect the interest in somebody like an Ivan Barbashev or, or Tarasenko O'Reilly to grow. And, and at that point, once you see one, if not two of those pieces moved, to me, that's going to tell you exactly where the you sit in terms of the future for in terms of the rest of the year. I do think, though, Brandon, if you look at moving this forward into next year, let's say that the Blues miss the playoffs this year, you end up somehow with a top 10 pick. Maybe you're lucky enough you win the draft lottery. But we'll we'll talk pie in the sky later, right? Uh, But I still look at a team. Then remember, Winnipeg Jets missed the playoffs last year, and then right now are battling for first in the division. In in, in, in 17-18, the Blues missed the playoffs, made the playoffs the next year, and won the Stanley Cup. I don't see this as an Edmonton, a Buffalo, a Columbus situation that the Blues are in. When I look at the fact that you have the four defensemen you mentioned, Pareko, Krug, Falk, and and Letty under contract. You've got Bortuzzo under contract for another year. You've got Scandella, who will be coming back hopefully in March under contract for another year, along with Perunovic. Then there's Tucker, who has looked like he could play right now in the National Hockey League, and they're really happy with what they're seeing from Kessel in Springfield. You've got a Stanley Cup champion goaltender uh, in Jordan Bennington, who's proving again this year that he absolutely is a, a number one starter in the National Hockey League. And then I look at the forwards with Thomas, Cairo, Butchnevich, just to begin with, 
And and to me, th- there are – and then the, the, the future coming with a snugger route, th- this isn't a long-term dip uh, to me. So I just think that in the end, whatever is snowballed this year, it's it's very difficult to try and grab in the next 10 games, even 15 for that. It's going to take some – remember when Craig Berube took over? He took over a team that in November – this was November was struggling – they didn't get back to the 500 mark, go on the roll until January. This it, it's not easy to get this. Sometimes this ship turned around to avoid that iceberg. So, uh, I I I think it ends up being something that is probably more of a focus in the off season, the coaching approach going into next year, where the thing really gets turned around. Now, having said all that, can you catch lightning in a bottle? Can something happen? Can something click? Do you have uh, an addition by subtra- uh, subtraction here, maybe? Uh, but I, I think you do have to look, as you were saying, longer term in terms of the fix here. I think the personnel are there. Things just snowballed out of control where a lot of the attention to detail just hasn't been able to be grabbed. Curbs, I can't believe that I'm asking this question, but I, I have to do it because it's a, something that we get on the text line a lot. And I think you probably already know what's coming, but B when the team goes through as many losing streaks as they have this year, it, it, it's something that is at least going to be asked what is your evaluation of the job that this coaching staff and specifically Craig Berube has done through this season? I think if you look at it very fairly, and this is not me having talked to people in the organization, you asked me just my opinion on this yeah. one. So I want to make sure that that's clear. I, I think that this has been the biggest piece of adversity in terms of on ice struggle that this coaching staff has been met with since they took over. There was really not a ton of pressure that first year because you were already struggling, as it were, going into that January year. I I look at this coaching staff. I watch. I look at the interaction with Steve Ott, and, and I see great things. I look at Mike Van Ryan, and, and you know, there's a guy that was interviewed by a couple of teams this past summer. Uh, I, I think Craig Berube is, is probably it's, it's it's his toughest stretch as head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but I also think he's clearly earned, you know, a leash here to try and right the ship. I think part of what ha- I got to be honest with you, I, I this this is not this is as much roster as it is anything else too. I think there was an underestimation of the impact of losing a guy like David Perron. I think the fact that you've lost as many good quality players over the last three years as you have, you just don't replace that. You don't go out, and this is not knocking Pedlick. And Levo and Achari, and well, Achari was in the Stanley Cup final against the Blues, but it's not knocking some of a, a Jake Neighbors, a Logan Brown, a Torapchenko. You're not replacing the Perrons and, and the and the Petrangelos and the Schwartzes and the and the players that you groom to become champions with those guys without growing pains. And I think you've got to let this coach and coaching staff work through some of those growing pains. Now they're going to have to probably review their own job in, in, in the mirror and, and, and figure out what they might want to do differently. Is there a different style that you've got to try to work in to kind of lock things down better? Yeah, that might be a strategic thing, but that's kind of the way I view it from kind of an overall coaching slash organizational perspective, I guess, if that answers the question. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I, I think that's going to be uh, something that's interesting to see kind of how they're playing coming out of this break. It's a good time for them to be able to self-evaluate and find out, all right, what, what was well, working, let me ask you this. what wasn't. Yeah, real quick here. Let me look like I always look at if people ever look at coaching uh, and and say, well, you make a change. Okay, well, number one, he was given a contract extension. Number two, 
he's proven that he can coach young players to become good players in the National Hockey League. And all you have to do is look at Thomas and, and Kairou and a couple of other players as well. So to, to me, I look at that. But the question is, who do you replace him with? And, and I don't know that you sit there and go out and grab somebody, a veteran guy right now, that you go, well, this guy's going to be better than, than our guy. And I'll tell you what, and I, and I also look at it this way. He's the kind of coach that, in my opinion, is if he became a free agent, he became available on the coach's market, somebody else in the NHL 100%. is losing their job so a coach can hire this guy. Exactly. And if that's the case, unless there's a real problem, I'm not looking at coaching yet. It doesn't mean you don't evaluate. They don't self-evaluate. It just means that I, sometimes the season gets away from you and, and a little tweak here and there might be all that's needed. Yeah, if they try to re- kind of retool this thing on the fly and next year that the same issues are reappearing, maybe we're having a different conversation. But I, I'm i very much not there yet. I, I'm on the same boat as you, Curbs. Hey, we appreciate think, the time. I think I'm fair with that, yeah. We appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. And what I would imagine is probably a time for you to be able to be around your family and whatnot this week while you don't have to call the games. Uh, we'll talk with you again next week and uh, enjoy your, your time off, Curbs. You definitely have earned it. All right, guys. Have an awesome week. Thank you very much.